um, through that, like, I ended up meeting Virgil that same night, which was really cool. Like, he gave me a lot of, like, knowledge that I feel like a lot of people drag Virgil for, but... What's up, guys? Welcome to the podcast, Culture Vulture, third installment. Casey. Rafael. I like that name. My name's Kyron. <laughs> That's a good name for the podcast, Culture Vulture. Culture Vulture? Thank you. What's super funny is, like, I told other people, like, the name Culture Vulture was probably going to be the name of the podcast, and okay. I got, like, backlash for it. Really? Just because of the whole idea of, like, the Culture Four Vulture. Names. Oh, but like, like you, you should just like take it and put a positive light on it. Yeah, yeah. yeah like, kind of. Cool, it's just yeah. like, or also You're like, like making it in on the culture. Like that's what I got from it, at least. Oh, you see different perspectives. I you know actually I mean? like that. Yeah. I actually like you're that. A vulture for the culture, but you're not stealing. Really? Mmm. Okay. Look, look <laughs> at him already giving meaning to the name <laughs> of that podcast. But I mean, what's up? We got Goswage in the building. Kyron Warwick, yeah, the one and only. Yeah. Um, we got me, Kyron Warwick. I'm on the podcast. I'm happy to be here. I'm really happy excited. To We're going to get into some topics for you guys. So, uh, really, so really happy first to be of here. all, let's get into it. Yeah. How did you step into the Montreal fashion scene? Montreal fashion. Um, I started in Montreal fashion mainly through my YouTube channel, I would say. Like, I started that years ago, probably like 2013, 2014 is when I started taking it seriously, but I had it earlier on, obviously. Um, I know Casey from back in, like, high, high school, school time, yeah. so it's crazy. So he's seen, like, me starting the channel to, like, where it is now, so it's really cool to see the whole progress of things. But um, mainly it's just been YouTube and then things that have stemmed off of YouTube, so... I started with just like showing clothing, reviewing clothes, lookbooks, other things like that. And then it turned into like me seeing what other opportunities I could get through YouTube. So like I started doing styling. Currently I'm doing like consulting, like creative consulting, things of that nature. So yeah, so that's like kind of where I occupy the fashion space. And I'm currently starting to design as well too, so. It's actually sick. Yeah. Just like from seeing you from high school to now, it's like the growth is crazy. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. mean, it's just like it's yeah. cool having like knowing someone for that long and mm -hmm. just see them constantly growing. It's like motivation. Yeah, it's like yeah. part of the reason I'm also doing the podcast is just like yeah, from seeing so like your work yeah. tactic, it, it, it like yeah. rubs off on people. And we both have been like so obsessed with like media, like just like all types of forms of media, whether Honestly. it be music or fashion or even like just like interview content like we've always been the type to like if there's an artist we would like make sure to watch the interview as well and not too many people do that i feel like so like podcast is a good reflection of that just like getting more insight on creatives and things like that so that's why i like podcasts right now. that's I mean, why remy and i started it too and i like this one too so i'm happy I mean, there's more it's a cool. lot of podcasts have been popping up like yeah as of recently yeah. and i find podcasts cool because it's a different way of people to learn for sure you know yeah, it's all for the better like just getting an insight on people that are not even if they're, if they're relevant not relevant that's all subjective right so yeah, as long as they're interesting I think like, hear a good conversation yeah like a break into their mind just kind yeah, of see what's yeah. going on yeah, yeah yeah it's cool to see how people think I feel so yeah 
So where did you grow up influences early on? Um, I grew up mainly here. I was born in Philadelphia. Um, but like my inspiration kind of comes from, I would say, there a lot because of my dad. Like my dad was like one of the main people that got me into fashion. Right. Um, he kind of just implanted in my head to like to be presentable like you, like clothing is like the main thing that people see like as soon as you step out into the world like people aren't going to judge your personality they're going right. to judge the way you look so like it's important to have like a really presentable attire uh, no matter what so like a lot of his inspiration was like his climate so like in philly it's very uniform based so like lots of polo g-star <laughs> stuff like that right. so it wasn't necessarily my style but like i got a lot of my like um, sneaker influence from him I would say like um, we got releases like every week and like he got like a lot of privilege back then like they would put aside releases for him too, oh, so, that's actually so I was seeing that culture like ever since I was young like we would go in and there would be like a stack of, like seven shoes and like it would be seven for him and then like seven for me and then I just pick whatever I would want from them that's actually like that. sick. so that's like what got me influenced with sneakers and stuff like that um, and then it kind of transitioned into high end too because like Philly kind of went into this realm of like appreciating designer and stuff like that so I used to see like Balenciaga pamphlets in my dad's room and being like what is that and like just going through that and then that's what got me interested into like high end from so young and a lot of my peers in YouTube weren't really focusing on high end because it was so like like unreachable you know right. what I mean and I just thought of it as like instead of getting like 10 things on karma loop i could just get like one thing from balenciaga and like appreciate it a lot more so that's what i ended up doing and it kind of like set me apart also like getting into like high-end streetwear like bape and all of that pyrex hood by hair those are like the things that kind of blew up my channel from that time so yeah did you ever get into like uh, cultural hobbies in Philly, like motorbiking? Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> I, I had a I had a quad, so I have a I had a quad in oh, I didn't even know Philly. That. What? Was, awesome. I had a blue Raptor. It was so sick. Okay. I loved it so much. So. And then my uncle had um, a garage um, filled with a whole bunch of ones. It was so sick. That's actually yeah, so sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but like the thing is, is like kind of do it at your own risk in philly i never really rode quads or mx's out there okay. just because um i felt like it was kind of dangerous in philly especially like if you get chased like it's your call to like get out of the chase like right. that's how they treat it in philly and they do it on the highway like they don't care in, in florida it's like a bit more country like that's where i had my my personal quad that's like it's on your own terms and like if the police are calling on you they're just like put it back home like that's it but in Philly, it's like you're doing it on the street. So that's it. How long did you stay in Philly? In Philly? Until I was two. And then I moved back and forth, like, up until, like, elementary school, I would say. Okay. I was always going between Philly, New York, and Montreal, like, all the time because my cousins were in New York. Um, so that's where I, I got a lot of influence from that culture as well. My dad was in Philly, and then my mom was here. So I was just kind of, like, going back and forth back between and forth all that. All the time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, this is quite well. It's not personal at all. I just since I known you, I known you been to BMX and yeah, also, yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. and it's just like, do you feel like BMX and also played a part to like how you grew your culture, like mm -hmm. the way you yeah. got into fashion? And all I would that? say that like we we could definitely connect on that, like how skate culture Very really much. impacts like 
um, how you see fashion in a sense you know what I mean because like whether the skaters like it or not because like we've both seen skaters like be like oh like, I'm too cool like, I don't care what I wear yeah. but they actually care like they, most they're, they're all sure. capping like they, they they care about how they look like they're doing this because like it was attracted to by yeah, yeah there's this aesthetic like that's how they got like girls like at the end of the day the like that we knew in high school like that's how it was you know so they cared about the clothes we like Jaden and all of our friends at the time like Supreme was like the highest skate brand or things like that so we were just looking for the highest one and that, that ended up being it like Supreme was like the almighty and the things that trickled under that were like things that were more accessible around us so I always tell this story too when I was in New York a lot of my family in New York is in Brooklyn so I was just shopping around Brooklyn as like a 13, 14 year old, but my cousins never really liked going to Manhattan because it's such a trek, like to get all the way out there. Right. And it's not really their scene. Like they rather stay more homebody. And um, I used to ask my cousin to be like take me to Supreme like from fourteen, like when I was fourteen years old. And she was like, No, nah, like you don't want to go all the way in Manhattan. Like we'll just show you something around here. And then like it prolonged like me getting into that or involved in that right. from like a young age because I didn't have like my own means of going like leaving from Flatbush, Brooklyn like on your own to Manhattan like as a 14 year old like definitely don't do that especially if you're not from there like it's not safe so eventually as I grew I was able to like make my way out to Manhattan and like explore Soho get involved in like all the like That's streetwear true. brands and everything like that so yeah. And it's cool how you're just like in like although they didn't really I'll say let you but it's mm. like the fact that you you were still so knowledgeable yeah. about the yeah. like the matter it just shows like you had passion mm. for it which the I find really cool. best friend like Tumblr and all that is like Tumblr. Yeah, like Tumblr is like such a big influence on on how I was raised I guess like Tumblr and YouTube were like the two mediums I was always on and then like from Tumblr it segmented into like or transitioned into Instagram, right? Um, but those two were like the things that influenced me so much. When I, I was, I'm a only child. Well, for my mom's side, I'm an only child, and like I had sisters on my dad's side. But like when you're by yourself, all you have is the internet. So Honestly. I was just getting influenced by everything that I had around me. So yeah. like, nowadays, how do you feel about Supreme and just how it's changed so much over the years? Um, What's your approach on that? I feel like a lot of people kind of like take it as like a negative connotation like when they hear Supreme they're like they think of that like scrawny kid with a box logo and like the newest Jordans or whatever but right. I don't know I see it as kind of like a building block like I see where Supreme was needed in the growth of my fashion I feel like everyone needs that brand to be like oh this is the aha moment and then like what you do from then on is like kind of what you see from that person and like how they take fashion on a grander scale so Supreme was kind of like my entry into the streetwear side. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, especially in that time, like high school, I feel like Supreme was at a point where like not everyone knew, Mm -hmm. but like a lot of people knew. And it's like majority the people that knew were people that are getting into fashion or people like nowadays that are more into, yeah, like more into the culture, music, Mm -hmm. skating, like Mm -hmm. he said. And for example, like also 
with music like Tyler the Creator, for example, yeah, or just the influence. whole squad, big you know, like huge. Like he, he was the reason why a lot of people around us were wearing Supreme because of the camp cap at like the VMAs and stuff and like all that. that yeah. Right? So things like that were super impactful. The iconic strap bag, yeah, with the that. Supreme Box logo all right on those. top. All those super impactful for like the whole street side of things. ASAP Rocky too. It's just like music played a big influence, mm -hmm. especially at a younger age. Like yeah. the music that I listened to really like influenced, like mm -hmm. I'll say like how I became now, you yeah. know? Yeah, I would say like y your main influences were like more like pro era, like Joey yeah, Badass. Yeah, Joey Badass, right? stuff so, like that. Like still like Brooklyn, Flatbush. It's funny, Flatbush, you're yeah. talking about it. So yeah. were you like a big fan of like Flatbush Zombie? I was, yeah, because funny story too, like juice from flatbush zombies lives in the same building as my cousin so like oh, I, cool. I wouldn't see him all the time and just be like who is this weird guy with like the multicolor <laughs> like hair or whatever so like i just didn't know who he was and then later on like i figured out it was him so it was pretty cool to just see him develop as a creative as well like in his own right so it's yeah. honestly it's cool like how can i say like just like these niche areas mm -hmm. just kind of like blowing up like prospering together you yeah. know it's like yeah. But at the same time, it's kind of funny, like, from Flatbush, we saw a different rise. Mm -hmm. Recently, it's been Drill that's been coming up from the exact huge, same area, but completely different sound, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So, just propping up different kinds of music is so fascinating. Cool. Yeah, I, lo I love the Drill stuff right now. It's so it's so influential to everywhere, especially, like, with um, God Rest His Soul, with Pop Spoke and everything yeah. like that. Like, he wasn't necessarily from Flatbush, I don't, I don't recall, but, like that whole sound is just so impactful for the whole like uk drill everywhere like even i mean the influence it had the influence that it had it yeah. you could just see everywhere and that goes honestly. into fashion too like all of this plays such a tight role into like impacting others like possible probably taught a lot of other people how to carry themselves like with dressing you know what i mean like all the brands he's talking about like dior and amiri like although they might not represent me the most they might resonate with a lot of other people you know and to have that voice to like speak to other people and be like this is how you should carry yourself is like i feel like it's very important so yeah carry on yeah. from there uh how do you feel like rick owens kind of took over the mainstream recently oh, seeing with fashion more and more like fashion thing as that definitely like it's much more appropriate yeah it's definitely a lot more appropriated now i feel like because like at a certain time like rick owens was looked at as like you're the weird kid if you're wearing yeah. Rick Owens. Like, you're, you're kind of like the oddball. But now it's like, you're the cool kid if you wear Rick Owens. So, it, but that's also for certain pieces. I still feel like it, Rick Owens has a niche of like, oh, it's, it's gone a little too far. Like, not everyone would wear like the fur boots, for example, from the Montclair collab. Like, but a person like Bloody Osiris could wear that. You know what I mean? Or so, like, like Lil not Uzi. Everyone, or Lil Uzi. Just you know what I mean? There's like certain yeah. characters that embody that role wholeheartedly without like any second guessing you know what i mean so i mean it's like what i feel yeah. with like rick owens it's not it's a clothes it's like a brand that is not the clothes don't wear you you have to wear the clothes because yeah, the second you wear the clothes wear you you look weird you could tell you, you could tell, tell like you're not comfortable yeah, yeah, in yeah, it yeah, but like yeah. for example like the whole playboy cardi Lil uzi their stance there whenever mm -hmm. they're in rick mm -hmm. it's like no one thought it was lame like yeah there's people that yeah. thought was like oh this is kind of weird like why right. you say it, it like that it's like a convert yeah but yeah. it's just like they they wore it with confidence like they wore the clothes and yeah. i feel like that plays a heavy part in just 100%. like yeah. how people I guess perceive you in yeah. Rick Owens, you know. Like when I got my first Rick piece was the the Geo Baskets back in like 2015, and I remember like walking with 
you guys in like Dawson and like people would look at me weird like because they're so big like it's yeah, just like not a shoe that you would see in 2015 you know like people would just be like what are the like what are those moon boots or like <laughs> I get like random like comments <laughs> like that you know what but I mean the, but, like even back then they were still like Rocky was wearing them um, yeah so it, but it's still, still like of, it was low key right yeah it was still low key like like they were wearing them but it was like kind of like camouflage into their wraps and things like mm -hmm. that like some people would know but not everyone would know like i think the at the time people were more for, focused on easily accessible items like it would take a lot for a person to drop 1300 on some shoes like it makes a right. lot of sense mm -hmm. like some people would rather pay 80 dollars and get the guest collab rather than pay 1300 and get the because rocky talked about it you know what i mean so I mean, just like back then, also the main focus wasn't really like Ricks. People would be what talking about like G-Shock. I don't know yeah, what's really popular. Be like G-Shock, yeah. uh, Supra. Mm -hmm. If anyone is it Supra, yeah, yeah Supra. Supra yeah. If anyone remembers that, yeah. like it's yeah. just I feel like era changed a lot. You mm -hmm. can see, yeah. But like it's cool because like with Supra, you still. I don't know about you guys, but it still got kind of like a Rick feel because like Supra was still kind of out there, like super high cuts yeah. or like yeah, bigger yeah. tongues and uh -huh. stuff like that. Yeah. So like another big style inspo would be Lil Wayne too because he's just kind of like definitely I don't look to him for style advice now but like at that time it was like he was just breaking boundaries like I found out about Chrome Hearts through Lil Wayne and Jim Jones like oh, back yeah. then you know what I mean so and that was just I didn't know the name I just knew I liked the items like the wallet chains and the belts things like that i just remember seeing them vividly like wanting those things going to new york and it seemed like kind of dupes for them and i didn't know what it was at the time but then it kind of came full circle to me back in 2016 2017 when i went to las vegas and there was the um chrome art store there and i was like this looks so familiar i was just talking to one of the guys working there and uh, he was explaining to me, he's like, oh, like, what, what are some of, like, the things that you listen to? Because, like, a big thing for them is music and culture. So he's like, what are some of the things you listen to? He's like, I'm telling him the artist, like, oh, like, I, I used to listen to Lil Wayne and stuff. He's like, oh, okay. So, like, he started connecting the dots for me, like, oh, like, Wayne used to wear it, like, Jim Jones used to wear it. I was like, oh, okay, so these are the things that so they sick. were wearing. I just didn't know the brand name at the time. So I always liked Chrome Hearts for, like, a while. It's just I didn't know the name. And I wasn't following it as, like, Closely, so but like to see it now, it's like for real, everywhere, I mean, like, everywhere, everywhere, and like kind of out of nowhere, too. Yeah. It's like one day no one was talking about it, then mm -hmm. the next day that's all you see on social media. Yeah, it's yeah. like Chrome Hearts, yeah. this Chrome Hearts, and guy. it's an accessibility thing. Like, it goes, it ties back to what we were talking about before about like the whole Rocky. If you if you idolize Rocky, you would rather get the accessible thing rather than the thing that's like out of your means mm -hmm. so you get the guest thing over the the rick owens piece so with chrome hearts it's the same thing like i personally love like their woodworking and like their jewelry because that's what i personally bought into at first like my first chrome hearts piece is the two crosses that i have like on on like here like like i wear them every day right and those were expensive for me to invest in yeah but like i like the jewelry and like the woodworking before i like the clothing and like the clothing is kind of just supposed to be like the branding aspect to the brand it's not right. even what they're really known for like it started as like a biker brand like they're more focused on leather goods so everyone kind of being like oh the clothes are corny it's like that's their billboard like they're not focused on the clothing yeah. they're focused on making a table they're focused on making like jewelry so that's why that's why i see chrome right now i know it's kind of looked at as corny right now but 
I really like. But I think it also ties in with like the Rick, like people have been tying both of them up. But one thing that I personally noticed, I feel like it's been a a stamp on like the new wave Playboy Cardi. Yeah. Since he started styling and when Mm -hmm. he started posting that Rick Owens, that's when people started catching on. That's when people started buying for sure. And I feel like he kind of took over the fashion icon over rocky for yeah one. yeah because yeah. now it's it's a younger generation moving forward and not there's not too many people that are going to look to rocky for style advice right now because personally right now i feel like he's kind of like on his kanye flow where it's just like he rather be comfortable sure he has style influence because he's grown up with this his whole life he's going to dress nice but like the people that are going to carry that umbrella for him are going to be like the likes of like asap mass or like who you talked about before cardi or like Ian, all these people. Right? But it's just like what I find super cool about that is how like I wouldn't say ASAP kind of saw that coming, but mm-hmm. it's like the way he took Cardi into Og. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. it's from like early. Yeah, exactly. He too, like he sees a lot of pe- things in people mm-hmm. from young, and then he adapts it into. The it's just like the fact that like now Cardi's like seen as a fashion icon, you know. Yeah. And it's just like it was the same way when rocky was popping, you mm-hmm. know, fashion killer. Everyone yeah. was like, oh yeah, yeah now he's yeah. a certified like fashion man, yeah. you know. And then now. Cardi's doing like Givenchy campaigns and stuff. Exactly, like that. it's, it's just really crazy. Cool it's see. like yeah. people really could see potential from way early. And I find that it's sick. Even it's seeing sick. how much they like change his style is entirely mm-hmm. different. Mm-hmm. But segmenting from there, how did you work with Ian Connor? Uh, I had met Ian through um, Virgil Abloh did a DJ set back in. I want to say 2015 too. Like that was kind of like a, a moment like where a lot of people were just kind of like interested in Montreal culture like because we're big on nightlife out right. here yeah so um Ian had ended up coming for Virgil's DJ set and through like mutual people he was kind of interested just in I guess in the way I dressed and stuff like that um but I wasn't even like near where he was so it was kind of weird that like that even happened but he was like interested in how I dressed and then we just ended up like connecting and like being really cool so you just like you know like you want to hang out with me for the rest of the time that i'm here so we just started hanging out that way and um through that like i ended up meeting virgil that same night which was really cool like he gave me a lot of like knowledge that i feel like a lot of people drag virgil for but i personally look up to him so much because he kicked down the door for a lot of black creatives doing the same thing that i'm doing especially like when it comes to creating creating clothes and just like making a, a name for yourself he kind of extends his hand to a lot of people including like the likes of of ian and all these people that like rub off under him but like that even translated to me because like uh a person like virgil knew a person like ian and then for a person like ian to notice me it's like i'm able to get into that door because of that person at the top right you know what i mean so Without that, there's nothing. So I really respect Ian for allowing me to even just be in a room with like a person that, that's that idolized to a lot of people. And yeah, I respect I mean, Ian also just that yeah. successful in yeah. life too. Yeah, just like, and that was like early on, that was like when he was doing a lot more DJ sets, like not even, he wasn't even with Louis at the time, you know, so. Mm-hmm. It's really just cool, Ian. but also how I found like Virgil's pays attention to Montreal. Yeah. Like, especially right now, I know there's a big song that's co- that with, uh, what's his name? Uh, I Am Sky? Yeah, Skyfall. Uh, Skyfall. Skyfall, Skyfall, yeah. With uh, Yamasoto. On it. My friend, Angelo, yeah. 
they Please. they made this song and basically a bunch of like big people started paying attention to it like i know georgia smith mm -hmm. virgil yeah. played uh virgil featured the song twice on yeah. his story yeah. apparently yeah. it's, it's doing like really good right now yeah, from montreal like 100,000 streams that's so actually awesome. sick like congratulations really to them really good, honestly yeah. big shout outs yeah. and it's cool it's like also like you said yamusato angelo someone we knew from our high school too which yeah. was like it just shows like I don't know, like what I was saying, like a niche. So, like, yeah, it's like, dude, like we prosper not to, like, as one. Well, so. Like we kind of like started somewhere. It's like, sorry, we're touching the mic. Um, oh, cool. it's kind don't of do it again. From somewhere. I don't do it again. <laughs> started from somewhere and then it kind of blossomed into something like really like amazing. And that started from like the likes of like a skate culture and like the love for music and fashion. All these things blend into one and they come full circle. Like now, Angelo knows who Virgil is through like us being friends and like all of us being like in the culture and for him for Virgil to be like oh this song is cool play the song and now it's like this yeah, it's just like it's one like, it's straight through his three. version yeah like but I had that same version back when like I met Ian and, and with Virgil and everything like that too so it's, it's just crazy. cool because like back in high school we all just kind of clicked with music mm -hmm. for example like I remember a point way before X blew up. Yeah. We'll put, we'll go to a party. Party was really big for us in high school. Uh-huh. <laughs> but uh, we'll go to a party and we'll play like "Look at Me," yeah. and then people will be like, "Turn that, turn that shit off," yeah, you know, because like, they didn't like it. Off, like, yeah. Like, and then like a full-on year later, everyone's playing X. Yeah. I feel like it was super cool because like a lot of times when I was hanging out with you guys, mm -hmm. for example, I would be putting on music like way early. Like for example, like Made in Teal, Uber yeah, Everywhere. Uh -huh. The first time I heard it. It was after you told me about it, and yeah. the music video had like 17k views, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and now yeah. it's like one of his big, well, oh, used to be biggest his song. biggest song that yeah. like he released. Yeah. It's just like it's just crazy how I wouldn't say like we, I guess you could say we see trends before it even yeah, happens. We're able to like if you're as in tune to the culture as a lot of kids, I feel like are hopefully or like if they're similar to us, then you're gonna have that ear close to whatever is going to be hot next before a lot of people see it and that's just through genuine appreciation of other people's crafts and that we saw that with made in T uh, tyr or made in tokyo or whatever a lot of other creatives too yeah. so it's crazy to see x especially like i remember those times where we would be at parties and people would be like you know like actually turned that oh. off like they thought it was like horrible and then a year later like people are jumping so yeah so still listening to songs crazy. we were like listening to like what craig zan yeah was big yeah. for us like i just yeah. yeah i mean a lot of people we spent a lot of time just like hanging out and just listening to music yeah. or for example like a lot of our friends now are rappers producers blah 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 we'll freestyle mm -hmm. go yeah. to like our friend's house we're in the basement and then they'll drop instrumental it's legit just us in a circle just yeah. freestyling yeah. and it was just super cool yeah. yeah and it just shows like it's like how far you could go with your friends you mm -hmm. know it's like at the end they, they kept doing what they love doing like a lot of them now are into music and yeah. they're doing good yeah. so I'm just yeah. happy to see that also for sure speaking of friends uh, from the local community well YouTube community you worked with uh, on Sounds Rag on an yeah. internship yeah. how was that how did that go I actually interned for for Silver League because Unsound Rags wasn't a part of like it wasn't developed yet but um, yeah interning for Silver League was really 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 fun like I I respect Fernando for allowing me to do that too because um, it was a way of like doing my school but like in the funnest way possible because everyone in my grade was like or in my class rather um, was doing their internships but local and I was like there's nothing here 
well, there, there are nice brands here, but I was like, I could do something even more beneficial to me. Mm-hmm. And the, I was like the furthest to do it. <laughs> I was oh, the I furthest thought. person to like go, like I think I was the only person that went to the States. The other person in my class that went the furthest was like a person that went to Toronto. And like, oh, yeah. I was the only person that went to LA. So when I went, it was just like, I saw an opportunity that I was able to network while at the same time get the internship done because it was a part of my school and then also like just have like an ear to like-minded people that I've grown with on the platform as well on YouTube because Fernando and Jacob and all these people I've met on YouTube just as internet friends and like we've just FaceTimed for so long so many years now and now to actually finally like meet them like I never no I met Fernando in New York couple of years prior to me interning for him but and the same thing with Jacob I've met him briefly um, in LA before that as well like just for a couple minutes but that I've never actually like hung out with them for a long time and like really like get to know these people that are so like-minded as myself and really get to understand why we're so similar and through understanding that you kind of see their creative process and how similar it is to yours and like different like tips that you can adapt to yourself like for me like pricing was something that I learned through them you know what I mean like I didn't know what to charge brands for like sponsorships and stuff and I was hearing the numbers that Fernando and and Jacob were doing I was like damn I'm undercutting my stuff like so much but it's like knowledge that you only acquire through experience experience, you know what I mean and you can't change that at all without actually going out there and hanging out with these people like the internet can only give you so much but once you're actually in person and interacting with these other characters like, that's what you actually get to to learn in person and yeah and yeah, just like, seeing jacob's brand blow up like the cargos is when i kind of met him at that time and like seeing the like, cargos were sick yeah, i remember his cargos yeah like travis scott wearing them and everything like that and just like seeing how um they've kind of like inserted themselves in the culture and like having travis being like obsessed with whatever they're doing like whether it be like silver league <laughs> whether it be silver league whether it be um jacob's cargos like they both had a hand in like developing travis's style so it's it's really cool and especially how far travis has come like wow yeah another fun fact you put me on travis yeah the first yeah. time i ever heard travis was at his concert that kyron invited me to yeah back in like 2014 2015 i've never heard a song of travis we were, it was just like the stage of life where we were just going to concerts. Mm-hmm. Like every month, there was just like a different concert. Like pre-rodeo? Yeah, pre, pre-rodeo. Uh, pre-rodeo, yeah. yeah. That was um, days before rodeo. Okay. Era, I would say. Yeah, but like I it was, found out about Travis through Owl Pharaoh's time, mm-hmm. I would say. Like That's Monster yeah, and stuff yeah, like that. Exactly. Yeah. More like, actually, correction, more like Cruel Summertime. Okay. Because, like, okay. he'd had that song. I think he was, like, producing for Kanye at the time. Yep. And that's when I kind of... I think he was on BET or something, and they're all wearing white. And then I see Travis, and I was like, who is this guy? And mm-hmm. then I started paying attention a bit more closely. And then, yeah. It's yeah. just... His whole story, like, his whole come up is crazy, crazy to me. But then that's another person that, like, I just seen him develop, like, not only stylistically with his music, but, like, stylistically as, like, fashion, too. Mm-hmm. It's like, I've seen him in, like, Hood Buyer to now, like... Um, like helmet land like nice <laughs> flight yeah. jackets yeah. and stuff like that you know what i mean so it's like i see where he was then and to now and like to see myself from then to now it's like 
it's really cool to just look back on you know it's just like now he's you could tell that he's like a staple for like yeah. influence yeah. like the uh, we could talk about like sbs for example mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. whereas like sb wasn't as big and then boom travis scott started wearing sbs and the prices Everyone for sbs just go like went yeah. up everyone wants sbs mm-hmm. now but i also feel like even a more accessible thing like cargo pants yeah I, i'm 100 percent sure it's associated to him that's why they were pretty accessible yeah. Yeah. and everyone started wearing exactly. them like super yeah, crazy yeah, yeah. probably because of 100 percent 100 percent it's so crazy to see look back at it yeah oh yeah speaking that's a good little segue actually um i i was a little bit late to the podcast but it's fine because i was going to the post office uh to pick up trevor's shoe so i just figured i might as well show it on the channel it's pretty cool yeah slugs give trevor a little plug right here this is like his take on the paris sbs and i just figured it was cool to have it on the on podcast with you guys if you guys want to hold it you can hold oh. it too because um yeah you guys are like you guys come from like a sneaker background so it was cool to just like incorporate them on the podcast let you guys go and see it's, it's actually a beautiful shoe yeah I really hope actually. that Nike won't uh disrespect him and send him with a lawsuit or something yeah I know he's, he's been on a good flow though so far yeah so yeah he's like, been good uh, yeah getting own artists in order to make his own pair yeah stuff. especially with like everything that he's doing it's like not too similar it's like enough of a differentiation i feel like so maybe that's why they're not coming after him but i love everything he does like with the, the product he's been producing so far so it's really cool and like with this whole new on the topic of like the sbs or someone mm-hmm. like on the whole new idea of like redesigning a yeah. certain model how do you guys like really feel about it how do you feel I feel I'm pretty up for it as long as it's yeah. original designs. Like yeah. this was the first pair I noticed were the Chicago's from Kagazi. Yeah. When I first saw them, I immediately was like super, super appreciative. Yeah. And I saw the pair, all the details. I was like, this is fine. This goes into. It feels like an artist's work mm-hmm. rather than just like blatant copy. Yeah, it's it's rather than like slap it in. Exactly. So as long as it's really feels like a proper artist work i'm up for it yeah. uh if it's not just blatantly ripping off yeah it's more um, of an interpretation on a, a classic silhouette mm-hmm. rather than like a person just slapping a brand logo yeah. on something you know what i mean like it takes a lot of time to develop something like this like a lot of people are just like quick to say trevor's like an alibaba designer which is like so mm. disrespectful to it's me very, because yeah, like that takes so much time and effort and like people don't realize like how much creative power it takes to make a shoe like this. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think a lot of people just see the product at the end of the day and then they're like, okay, great. Like, give me the shoes. They don't get the yeah. shoe. Fuck each other. Like, I don't <laughs> care. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's it shouldn't be about that. It should be a lot. Hey. I feel like a lot of people should appreciate the design more. For know? sure. I mean, it's kind of sad because like the OG sneaker community are kind of, most of them are against it yeah. and you can see on Facebook groups like people trying to sell their pairs mm-hmm. or just trying to have a discussion yeah. and immediately it's just huge backlash like this is disgusting mm-hmm. send those back to the fake factory yeah, and stuff like that yeah. when that's not the point of the no. product and it's just something completely different yeah I sure. mean I feel like we should have more of things like this because like these breed like amazing like creators yeah at the end of the day like for example Babe you could be say say it's the same thing. They took a silhouette that mm-hmm. was already popular yeah. and added their own twist. Yeah. You know, yeah. I feel like the fact that people are taken away from the idea of like it's still a creative process. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. if I gave you the same silhouette, what would you do with it? Yeah, yeah. You and, know, and Nigo was just as inspired by 
that culture that as anyone else, if not even more, because like he, you could just see how much he appreciates things. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like if you watch like any of his complex stuff where he's like housing um, type two denim jackets from like the seventies that are like they cost like three thousand dollars for a denim jacket. You know what I mean? It's like in storage units next to like an ET statue or something like that. Like he appreciates Americana to like the highest scale. So like why not let him? do a flip on an American shoe that he's loved so much so like it's his version of it and his world is just like so crazy to me like I used to rewatch the Nego like house tour all yeah, the time yeah I was about to talk about the house tour his house like, is crazy yeah insane so nice insane. like I mean he had two homes at that time because like, he, he had too many things so <laughs> it was imagine, a two-part thing yeah. imagine having so much clothes and like shoes that you need a second place like <laughs> my first place is just for my clothes this is my actual house <laughs> and smaller <laughs> it's like what yeah he had a full fridge of like just dummy remember he had like the dummy fridge of just like oh, fake ice cream like crazy why not yeah just like a fridge just for fake ice cream he was living in his own world definitely crazy i mean it's, it's inspiring yeah also yeah, it's yeah, just yeah, yeah. I feel like current vape is definitely not the same. Like that's why I like hearing it a lot more. Most um, definitely, it's just like more of a representation of him now, and also I can appreciate it a lot more now because like I'm kind of into like Western wear and like cowboy boots and flare pants and stuff like that too. So like, I can appreciate where he's coming from with the whole Americana thing. So. And with your evolution of like style, for example, how you saying like now back in the days you were wearing like Supreme, whatever, yeah. Rico and stuff like that. Now you're more into like cowboy boots, yeah. flare pants. Yeah. How would you say, like, what influenced you to just get more, like, outgoing with your fits? Um, just realizing that the only way to know what you like is through trial and error and through consuming. Like, the, that's the only way to do it. Because seeing things online, you could just think that you like a whole bunch of things without even knowing. Because, like, a lot of our perception is um, conditioned. Right. And you could see... a some, a certain something a lot of times and that might make you think that you like something we actually don't so the only way I was able to get through that process was buying a shitload of clothes you know what I mean so and I and I showed that through my channel like you could see the different faces that I have and people might boil it down to being like oh Kyron's a, a high beast or whatever but like I really don't really see that because not. if anything I don't like I can see my my style progressing, and I feel like this is the most solidified my style has ever been uh, in a very long time. And I'm really starting to get comfortable with what I like. It might be very versatile because one day I could be in cowboy boots and flare pants. The other day I could be in 99% this like bungee pants uh, with like a bunch of baggy clothes. The other day I could wear like majority all black Arcteryx, and like it just it has so much variety. But to me, it's consistent because it's everything I like. Right. So. I, I, I don't know. That's kind of where I leave it, you know? I mean, would yeah. you give any advice to someone that's, I mean, would say, like, they're not comfortable with how they dress yet? Mm, um, I would say they should, if they're having a hard time buying into trends, they should probably unfollow everyone that they see as an influencer, including myself. Like, that's a big thing. Like, I'll say, I'll say it firsthand. If I'm the one conditioning you how to dress and you feel like you don't know if you genuinely like it or not or if I'm actually being helpful like there's two different sides of that spectrum you know what I mean so it's important to actually see that and be like am I influenced by this person for the good or wrong reasons like am I copying them like head to toe because I can't think for myself or am I like 
taking their word for a grain of salt and like implementing it into how I actually see the world or like see an outfit, things like that, you know? So like even for you, like I learned about Arcteryx through you like years ago. I didn't buy into it for a long time because things are expensive. This jacket is like close to a grand, but it's not cheap, you know? So like, but you bought into it years ago and it's last year. The longest jacket, yeah. I think close to eight years I see why it's worth it. Like there's certain things like that, like buying into the cowboy boots. I like, I always liked them, but then now I found one that I actually like is going to last me the rest of my life. So it's like finding certain things that are just going to last through everything. I mean, also, like, going back to, like, for example, you talk about, like, buying GeoBasket while we were, like, in Sija. Yeah. It's yeah. just, like, how were you able to, like, afford things? Did you have, like, a saving plan? Were um, you just, like... I was mainly, like, just... Hustling. YouTube was very helpful with me. Like, we just, like, getting different opportunities. And, like, my main goal with it was, like, I just knew clothes was everything... I loved at the time. Right. I didn't know the end goal at the time either. Like I didn't know what opportunities that could stem from YouTube because it was so young. But I did know that I wanted to be involved with fashion in some type of degree and it was showing and proving if I invested in myself, whether it be like a pretty expensive shoe, I wouldn't pay retail. I tried to find a way to get it for way lower. Like I didn't pay retail for my, my geo baskets, okay. but um, just seeing it as like an investment in yourself rather than you just buying clothes because I feel like a lot of people buy clothes and it's for the wrong reasons because you're spending all this money without an end goal like I could see buying into items if you're an artist like if you're a rapper and you have to build this character that makes sense that could be an expense if you're a creator like me on a platform like YouTube you have to buy these items in order to show it to the world do your review on it get the content out of it then other people are able to interact with it and you're making money off of the items that you bought then for, you know what I mean? So, and yeah, I, that's the way I see it. It's more of an investment into the, the closet that I have right now. I tend not to consume too much anymore. Everything that I do get in is either thrifted or it's gifted to me. And if I am buying it, it's because I've wanted it for a very long time. So, so yeah. That's actually sick. It's yeah. cool how, like, I feel like your parents plays an important role of how, like, people perceive you. Like, oh, for yeah. example, like, rappers. Yeah. The reason they get these big chains is because you're trying to persuade a lifestyle that mm -hmm. makes you want to live that lifestyle, yeah. too. That's yeah. why. Yeah. Like, they always say marketing. Marketing mm -hmm. is a big reason why they get those big chains. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why, like, I feel like the role of being like, a stylist, like, that's one that I've come up, not come up with, but, like, I've adapted over the past year or two. It's like it's very critical in developing a lot of people's personalities, um, personas, whether it be a musical artists or whether it be anyone for that matter. Like clothing is such a really big key in like cascading this image for a person. And I've had my hand in like helping out some artists like find their groove and what they want to show to the world. And it's really cool to see because. You can see how clothing really impacts uh, a perception of a person. You know what I mean? Like you can see, like, oh, like Casey's wearing this. This is what he gives off to the world. You know, and then like that's how you could kind of like see what an artist is. So another person I wanted to bring up uh, is you're working with uh, Ray and yeah. Ray in New York. Yeah. How has that been? How it's long been have you been working with them? Since way back, like 2015. When did when did when the did jacket? I drop my uh, uh, the uh, jacket? I'm pretty sure it's 2015 around. around. So yeah, yeah, like maybe 20. Actually, 
could be 2015. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's 2015. Yeah. 2015. Something yeah. Like that. So I, I've known Ray for since way back. Like he dropped this hat called the Rumble Rose hat, and it was just this rose on like a snapback hat at the time. And these snapback hats were like blowing up all over like Tumblr era at the time. Like Forty Ounce Fan was another person that kind of capitalized on this whole like snapback hat wave, and. The Rumble Rose hat was like that for Montreal, and you couldn't see a Filipino kid without, without wearing one. his hat yeah. at the time. You know what I mean? It was everywhere. Like tens of these hats in the street at a time. I was always seeing them, and I didn't know it was Ray's hat. So I met Ray at a Rojay music video shoot. So shout out to Rojay. <laughs> so he was trying to have like a bunch of like talented um, creatives that like in his music video, like just like fashion kids, whatever it may be. Um, just to like fill it up, make it look cool. And Ray was invited to that. I didn't know he was, and then I was invited to that too. And we kind of just met there, like clicked up because he was like, "Oh, I've never seen anyone wear Raph in Montreal, like ever." Because I, I had like the three, the two strap sneakers, or like the three, yeah. like, the connected one at the time. And he had the Geo baskets on, and I was like, we just clicked through that, just like the appreciation of high end fashion and streetwear. And then he's like, bro, like, honestly, like, I haven't connected with a person that was, like, this similar to me in a very long time. Because his mom is from here and his dad's from New York. My mom's from here and my dad's from Philly. Like, we were very similar. So the only other collab he did was with a person in Japan for a clothing store. And then he's like, bro, like, I, I really want to collab with you. Like, I feel like we could create something really cool. And we've been collabing ever since. Like, he's been, like, a really big help in, like, helping me, like, condition the way I design or, like, see garments and like really know what you want to produce rather than like hopping on trend and just making a trend because like you know it's going to sell so like it's really helped me in knowing what I want to make as far as like creative endeavors that I'm going to be investing in in the future which I'm hoping by November I could have some type of product out hopefully that's like what I'm working on currently but yeah, he's been a really big help in that whole process for sure. Like, That's actually shout sick. Out to Ray. And to see him like on the platform now, like I've been telling him to do YouTube for so long. Dude. I'm so happy that he's doing it now. It's really cool. And with like this product you're talking about, is this would be this uh, would this be your first like official yeah. self like product like you selling it on just your me, own, just yeah, you? Just me by myself, yeah. And how does that feel just coming it, up? It's it's crazy to see like full circle, like for it to like just be me on my own now, like like now all eyes are on me like there's no like diffusion at yeah. all you know what i mean so it's exciting it's scary it's like a bunch of emotions at once so i'm just excited for like people to kind of see it like i'm giving my mental note to be november just so that there's like enough time in between in case there's things that happen because we're COVID 19 mm-hmm. things things can happen with production or like i don't know like you never know no, tomorrow's tomorrow's never promised so right um so yeah, I'm just excited to like really dive into that space. Like I've always never wanted my brand to only be a brand, like a clothing brand. I've always wanted it to be like very art driven. I want to get into gallery work eventually, um, with under the same umbrella of the brand name. So like gallery work, um, uh, producing film and and clothing. Like that's the main. That's, that's where I see myself after. Not even after YouTube, because like who knows? Like maybe I'll have someone filming the behind the scenes. And like I really love sharing my life. Like that's been a medium that has followed me since the MX era, as we've been talking about it. I've been filming myself since 
that yeah, time. I mean, yeah, your yeah. vlogs be doing well. Mm -hmm. Seen yeah. a couple of your vlogs. Yeah, so it's, it's just like I'm always gonna share what I've been doing. I don't know for how long, but I just want people to tag along for the journey. It should be cool. And like five years from now, you still see yourself in Montreal? Yeah, I, I think this will always be home. I've always dabbled with that idea because I have a dual citizenship. I could definitely go to like LA for a year, or New York for a year, like right. just to like um, be productive and get stuff done but other than that i always feel like this is home and the only thing that was scary for me is like the language of french like i was so scared of like me being a creative out here and like i wasn't the greatest at french and like how do i make a career path not knowing the language that well and it's been fine like because all of my work has been online and like doing my own things so i haven't had to be in that setting where i've been like uncomfortable stuff, yeah. so like yeah so there's ways of going around it so all that to say i definitely feel like i'll stay here for the most part but travel to get things done i feel that yeah. any dream country to visit random tokyo for sure. tokyo hundred percent yeah i never been I, and i also have never been to yeah. europe i'm planning on going oh. in the summer with my girlfriend so oh cute cute awesome. we'll see, we'll see if yeah, well, Shout out to her. That was a birthday gift. That was fine. What parts? Was what parts are you? Paris. Paris? Yeah, Ooh, that's, that's sick. I think she's going to Spain and then she's going to meet me in Paris. So that's going to be sick. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, really cool. Have you ever, like, any countries you've been to that you would want to revisit? I've been to Belize. That's, like, where my mom's from. I, I would love to go back to Belize. Trinidad as well. That's where my right. dad's from. Mm -hmm. I'd love to go there. Uh, any any tropical stuff right now because like it's winter and <laughs> I haven't been I haven't been to anywhere tropical in a very long time I was supposed to go to Mexico before the pandemic so like that sucked too so like I don't know, know like Bahamas like Turks and Caicos yeah like that. Jamaica Jamaica I want to go Jamaica Jamaica yeah, like yeah. Nice. Jamaica is beautiful definitely yeah, you should food. go. Mm. My opinion though for Jamaica if you want to go to Jamaica I say don't go to a resort. Cause like the resort well, is a watered down. Safe, eh? I, I mean, look, <laughs> I mean, when I say that, I mean like, hey, get a villa instead of yeah. just cause like, yeah. you can still walk around the city, you That's know. True. It's just like, yeah, be wary, cause yeah. sometimes it gets rough out there. You know, roadmans be out there, fam. But like, it's just the resort is a very watered down version of Jamaica. Yeah. They show you the best parts, you know? You don't even get the best food, yeah. to be honest. Like, when I went, I stayed in a resort, but my dad made sure to take us out every day. Like, we would go on, like, wild horses through the mountains. And yeah. So like, ah, like, uh, I have a funny story. So, basically, my dad's from Jamaica, yeah. and he was building a house in Jamaica. Mm -hmm. But he didn't tell me that. So, this was... He was like, Casey, you want to come to Jamaica? I was like, oh, yeah, why not, you know? He's like, don't worry, we're staying resort. I'm like, oh, okay, it's blessed. You know, I'm young. I'm like, I don't want to be in the countryside, whatever. Yeah. So we're on the plane. We're going. We get to Jamaica. We get on this big, like, white van, okay. which is filled with people. Yeah. I'm, like, squished between, like, my dad and some random lady. Like and we're going. Yeah. <laughs> it's horrible. I understood when they mean uh, uh, sardines in a can. Yeah, yeah, I understood yeah. what they meant. Uh -huh. So, like, we go through this mountain, three hours in this car. And... I realized that, like, wait, aren't resorts supposed to be, like, close to the, like, airport, whatever? Yeah. So now I'm, like, kind of worried. I'm, like, what kind of resort is he bringing uh -huh. me to? I go, we pass a sign. It says resort. Population, 35 people. Ah, uh, it was the area. It was the area's name. And, uh -huh. like, <laughs> I was, when I say, when I tell you I'm deep in the country, I'm deep in the country. Like, mosquitoes this big. I was not having it until, like, day three. 
and then he was like look you know what let's start doing things and like we went out and it's really fun it's just like i went to this restaurant where they legit caught a fish in front of you and cooked it in front of you i was it was just like the experience is way different than being at a resort so my, I was just my, like, my parents thought i got kidnapped when i went to jamaica because i didn't have data on my phone and, and my strict instructions were like when you get to jamaica don't go anywhere your dad's gonna pick you up when i get there i see everyone that's on my flight like walking in the same direction so i was like oh, okay i'm gonna follow them so just like i'm walking and then i see them all going towards this guy with a, with a sign so i'm like okay let me follow the guy with a sign and i'm like where are they going he's like oh i have a bus i'm taking them all to the resort i was like okay cool i'll go on a bus but i completely <laughs> forgot about what my mom said about staying at the airport so i go on the bus i haven't communicated with my parents because i was about to go to customs they're like put your phone away Put my phone away after i get out of customs i see the guy with the sign so i still didn't take my phone out so now i'm on this bus i'm like damn this is a long bus ride it's like two hours so by this time i'm in the grill or whatever i get out and i'm like oh like they're gonna trip because i didn't know this bus was gonna take so long i get there i ask them for the wi-fi they're like we can't give you the wi-fi unless you check into your room I'm like, I'm not the person checking into my room. It's my dad. So I'm there for another 45 minutes. It's been three hours now. I haven't talked to my parents. Then I see my, my dad and my sisters walk in to check in. I tap my dad on the shoulder. And I'm like, hey, you know, I'm here. He, like, punches me in the, in, the, in the arm. He's like, where the fuck were you? Like, what the hell? Like, your mom's been crying on the phone. Like, what the hell's wrong with you? But that was my funny story about Jamaica. My mom was crying. She, she died about kidnapped by so like, some guy with a machine. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, so intense. Your mom's just like, yo, where's my son? It's like calling your dad. Your dad's like, yo, I don't know. He was supposed to be here. <laughs> he ain't here. It's like, wow. All you did was follow the chat online. Know, like, just like, yeah, just, <laughs> hey, let's go <laughs> to the bus. <laughs> Magical school bus vibe. <laughs> it's so funny. But yeah, Jamaica is a beautiful place. Honestly, if you haven't been, I say you if should go I, on this once. If there's one tropical area I want to be, I want to see is Jamaica. In general, I'm not too much too keen on traveling to tropical locations just because it feels kind of not that much of an experience okay. you can go to like i don't know europe or yeah. asia with mm-hmm. not, not even europe more like asia mm-hmm. which would feel much more like culture shocks. yeah exactly yeah. Mm-hmm. much bigger culture shocks yeah. but jamaica of all country particularly because of the food mm-hmm. i just want to go and Definitely. appreciate food is such a big part of like traveling this is so random but do you say curry chicken or chicken curry curry chicken curry chicken yeah, okay because yeah. i know that's a big debate people... a lot of people say chicken curry if they're from asia i would say because it's like a big thing to say that chicken curry yeah chicken super curry katsu is like what i would hear okay <laughs> yeah super random yeah. just want to know <laughs> so any tips for content creation or um, upcoming content creators i would say oh it's very cliche but consistency is very important and like we were talking about this off camera but like you don't know until you actually indulge yourself into whatever content creation you want to do so like you guys have been talking about doing this podcast for a long time and until you actually gear up to actually do it, that's when you're going to start it. So, like, you could talk about, oh, I'll, I'll do it in the summer, do this and that. Like, me, I'm gave, I gave myself that end goal of, like, creating product for November because, like, I want to fucking do it. Like, I don't want to, like, tiptoe around it anymore. Like, people have been telling me I should make clothes for forever. Like, I want to do it now. And, like, if I never do it now, I'm going to regret it. So, if you're hesitant about creating content or like starting a youtube channel instagram putting outfits together like don't care about anyone else like just do it like 
you, you will never know until you try. And then once you try and you see it kind of working, or maybe it's not even working, give it a few more tries, and the consistency will progress. Honestly, what I believe, the first step is just the scariest step. Once you take that first yeah, step you have into to jump it, off the cliff. yeah, that's it. And then the rest, you just realize it's yeah. easy. Jump off the cliff, and then you enjoy the rest of your time in Jamaica. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. <laughs> just personal question: yeah. uh, Do you think you're going to do a collection, or you want to go come out with a single item? I'm I'm taking drop method. I'm doing the drop method. Okay. Yeah, I'm thinking the first release will be uh, like a capsule collection, just so that people could get a feel of what the right. brand is about and what I'm about as a creative. Um, just because I feel like it's a little too jaded to judge on one product. Mm -hmm. Um, so it'll be a capsule collection for the first release. And then after mm -hmm. that, every release will be like one to two items max. Um, that's and it. yeah, that's like the method cool. I'll be going. Yeah. I feel like collections are kind of a thing of the past, unless you're like a really big, massive brand, like you don't really need to do it per se because there's, it kind of gets lost in translation. Like you, you, you present 20 items and then a person's naturally only going to buy two or three. No one's buying all 20. So right. you, might as well just like, you might as well just show um, what you love and condense it and then just kind of spread it out over time. And then that kind of helps you because when you um, boil it down to those amounts, maybe all that 20 items that you were going to drop, you look back at it a couple of years from now, you're like, damn, I didn't even really need to drop that or it was kind of just filler. Like it didn't really have much substance. So it allows me to kind of like sit on something I've designed for a couple years now. Like I've had things that I've designed since 2016 that I'm going to release now. And Damn. like, I didn't maybe over the years, uh, like some years I'd be like, I love this. Some years I hate this, but like, it's still there and you can always revisit it. You know what I mean? So it's really important to take And that. I feel like most of the time there's always like three or four items, maybe out of the entire collection that are actual crowd favorites like and they yeah. get super sold out of exactly. course and then the rest are just kind of there yeah. and doing nothing yeah, so you might as well why, why not have your whole collection of heaters you know yeah. I mean, that's like my method behind i mean it. it's easier just to work on a few pieces you could put all your time into that those also, pieces financially too like i'm not yeah. lvmh you know what I, mean? <laughs> I don't have uh friend, like luke mr lugo like behind me like right. giving me all the money you know what i mean so like yeah it's 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 beneficial on my side it's it's beneficial and the creative aspect of things so honestly i'm just excited to see like yeah. what you have in works yeah, to be yeah. honest because we all are uh, it's been time coming it's yeah, been, it's been, it's been waiting. Yeah. and if you've seen like the impact of ori which felt like a new york brand and mm -hmm. like on the local scene in montreal a lot a lot of kids got pairs and yeah been enjoying uh, the fuck out of them yeah like, they're really cool them, so you got that same kind of influence. Mm -hmm. People will be rocking with it. So, so I'm just definitely. excited to see Don't people be scared. just see it in the field, you know? Like, Don't be scared of numbers. Like, yeah. it, it'll work. You just come out with a good product and sure. people are going to support 100%. Definitely. Definitely. I mean, you got two supporters here already. Yeah, Honestly. Thank you, man. I appreciate you guys. For real. But then, I mean, where can people find you if they want to find your stuff? Um, my YouTube is my name. So it's K-Y-R-O-N space w-a-r-r-i-c-k kyron warwick and my instagram is g-o-t-s-w-e-i-g-e that's god swage on instagram that's i mean before we end it where did you get that name god swage um it's a swage dope name was it was from high school like there was this girl in class i forget her name i don't know she was like annoyed from the word um swag i think like people were just like 
trolling, like kind of like deli style. Right. Yeah. Like, they just like, say the swag too much, and she like turned around and tripped out. She was like, "Yo, like shut the hell up, like God. stop saying that." And I was like trolling her back. I was like, "I bet you I can make a word just as like annoying as swag." And I was painting with beige, so I just made it swage, and then like like I just used it the whole week, and then like, by the end of like the week after that, like people in other sex that not like sex like. It's like as in like high school um, grades. Like, <laughs> um, we're using it too. I didn't even know. So like oh. it just like it was like a play on influence. Like it wasn't like I have swag. It was like God that's sweet. influence. Oh, God. that's like, sick. Yeah. That's awesome. That's so that was around the same time I made my YouTube channel. So yeah. Damn. Well, I mean, do you have Thank any you other so thing? Much. I'm good. Yeah. Thank you so much for pulling Thank up. Thank you for having Great me. Conversation. Really talk. good conversation. Honestly, Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, boss. <laughs>